Dale got Hulk hands? I'm livid. Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast, where we are just a bunch of bros drinking beer and talking movies. This is episode 199, and I'm your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. Thank you guys so much for joining us for the movie discussion tonight. Before we get started, let us go around and meet the fellow bros. We begin in the lab with the mad scientist, Brian Banner. Banner, you have on an incredible Hulk shirt. Uh, after you and him had an incredible fight in UFC 299, I'm kind of surprised to see you representing for him. You know, I'm just I'm just promoting the fight. Uh, it was an epic one, uh, to say the least. And yeah, we've... We've had some words since. Uh, it went about how you would expect, but yeah, we're on we're on good terms. Not speaking terms, but good terms. You said some really messed up stuff after that. Well, he started it. I don't think he can't barely even talk. I don't know. Yeah, how he exactly. Looked. And he wasn't wearing any clothes, man. Yeah, he doesn't have he doesn't have the respect to in, clothe himself or enunciate his words. In his defense, Banner, and I know it was a one-on-one fight, so this isn't the best defense, but he thought it was shirts versus skins. I had my shirt off too. Yeah, that's the problem. Shirts versus skins. It's like I it's just one-on-one. I think we'll know who's on whose team. Next, we go to our legal counsel, Ronnie Cycli. Cycli, since you're a lawyer, I have to ask you. I got something in the mail yesterday from uh, Honda, and it said, last final notice, must call to pay $1,000 or lose my car. I have to call them, right? Yeah, I mean, especially the fact that you don't drive a Honda. That's God, that's, that's even more alarming. I don't want to lose the car God. that I don't have. Honda's not only saying you have to drive our car. They're saying we will take your car. Are we maybe overstepping a boundary? No. Hey, it's a good sales tactic. You know, you can't fault them. Honestly, if even one person falls for it, they're still net positive. It's pretty good. <laughs> All right, well, here on the Bro4 Squad podcast, we typically start every episode off with the most important thing in any bro's life, and that is our chess day segment. But since it has been so long since some of us have gotten to talk movies and TV on here, we decided to actually turn the chess day, we do this periodically, into our protein shake segment as well, which is where we go around and talk about what is in our cup, also known as what have we watched lately? Because there's so many things we have not got to discuss, and I think we have a little bit of overlap, and then, of course, a bunch of things that uh, maybe the other bros haven't seen that we can share. So why don't we just go round robin, and then things that we've shared, of course, anyone can jump in. Uh, Banner, why don't we start with you? What is the most recent thing, or I guess something you've seen since we last spoke? Because it's been a while since you got to come on. Yeah, yeah. Let's start, uh, we're going to go pretty tame here. Uh, this one I watched a little while ago. It was on Netflix. I think it's still there. Uh, and I believe you've actually watched this, uh, Jeff, but Where the Crawdads Sing. And maybe I even talked about it the last time I was on. I don't know. To be honest with you, it's been a while, so I don't remember. I haven't we're seen it, about but it again. my wife is a huge fan of the book. So much so to where I think when the first trailer came out, she was a little bit scared to even watch it. Because she I, holds the book in very high esteem. The book is... I've read a lot of books, and by read, I mean I've listened to. It is probably a top 10 book that I've read. Wow. Um, but that number's kind of skewed because it's hard with a lot of series that kind of build on each other. This is just a one-off, single, standalone book. It is a very, very, very good book. Um, the This might be the best page-to-screen adaptation I've ever seen. Wow. It is almost... Line for line, really? scene for scene. It is very, very good. 
they did a great job. Um, the movie definitely does the book justice. Minor, minor things that they changed. Nothing significant enough to even have it be a blip on your radar. Um, the the acting was fantastic. They really did a good job of connecting. Uh, it's not easy material, guys. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what the subject of matter is, uh, but there is a crawdad singing in a choir or something, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's actually it's actually it's an acapella a boy band. group, actually. Yeah, a acapella boy band. Fuck that! Uh, I do want to watch that movie. I was gonna say that's a movie cycling I'd be lined up for midnight showing. Like, <laughs> fuck, take my money. Now, uh, Banner, sorry to interrupt you, but I had heard a lot of mixed things about this, and I guess the internet is even split because looking at just like ratings of it, thirty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but seventy-six percent of Google users like it, and it has a seven point one on IMDb, which is really respectable. Seven point one? Wow. Yeah. Rotten, I don't, I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes. I don't really either. But and cycling, See, I don't like get this. when people say that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you, Jeff, you know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, cycling. Uh, you saw Fresh, right? The movie with Sebastian Stan. I told you to watch it, right? Or yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, well, that was anything wrong with the main girl in the movie, uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, is the lead in Where the Crawdads Sing. I was oh, wondering yeah. sorry from. So really quickly, I want to. I, I have not watched it, but Jeff, just because you mentioned your wife was a fan, how did she find the movie? Me? Yeah. How did your wife? She, oh, she it? hasn't. We haven't seen it yet. Okay. Yeah, she was like afraid to watch it because she. It's like basically her favorite book of all time. So I think right. she's nervous. But once I tell her that Banner said it was very faithful to the book, I think that she's might... definitely not going to watch it. <laughs> she's like, I, oh, well, then fuck no, I don't trust anything that guy says. My wife. Actually, if anybody, it. she shouldn't trust it's Cycli. That's absolutely true. Hey, that there's no blood in that movie. Yeah, because because nope isn't scary. No, it was well, it's not. They yeah, they have a history of uh, cycly telling my wife movies are not that violent, and then in the theater, she's just you know I'm trying to get her to not be so sensitive. Is all the I'm best saying. part about that story? If you're at home, this involved the movie Us by Jordan Peele. Uh, it's not nope. Yeah. Was was cycly at home afterwards? He was like, you know, maybe I'm a little fucked up. If I thought <laughs> if I thought that was like tame. She got, she started like telling me. I'm like, well, it wasn't that bad. And she started telling me scenes. I was like, oh yeah, I forget. Yeah, yeah that, that is right. That is Corey. Uh, really, back to the movie. I my wife watched it on an overseas flight. Oh, we were in Germany a couple months ago, and it was you know when you're on a plane watching. You know you have like the plethora of like nowadays you have a hundred movies you can choose from. Yeah. And yeah. you're kind of like, do I want? You know, you don't want to watch a movie like, you know something epic some you know on a on a you know five inch screen yeah and so you're sometimes like maybe i try this maybe i don't my wife watched the crawdad sing and i asked her was it worth watching and she was like well and she started telling me a little bit about it and i was just you know i'm a sucker for this so i was like well just tell me how it ends and so she told me so i was like okay i kind of wow. respect the ending i will say yeah. yeah, I I think banner you've talked about this a lot the plane movie automatically gets like a half to one full star bump Obviously, yeah. Because it's it's doing its job of passing the time. Yeah. In fact, uh, I Independence Day Resurgence on a plane, and best place to watch that where you're just literally trapped in a steel box with nowhere else to go. Uh, I suggest it. I like it. I think it was good. It is a little bit heavier uh, subject matter. A woman is on trial for murder um, for something... Some other events may happen that are fairly graphic. Uh, 
but it is a very good watch. I suggest it, but don't go into that thinking this is like my Friday night, you know, party movie. Popcorn flick. Okay. Yeah, this is not your popcorn flick. I didn't realize that there was kind of a mystery element to it, and you guys know I'm a sucker for that. So that now I'm much more interested than I was ten minutes ago. Yeah. Nice. All right, Cycly, what's in your cup? Ah, man, I have a lot. Um, you know, I'm going to start big. I'm going to go with something that is really hot on the internet right now, and that's The Last of Us on HBO. Mm. Um, I'll probably save some discussion for the time Nate and I are together on this, because I know he is watching it as well. Have you either... I, I, Jeff, I know you said you were going to try and watch one of him on your yeah, home. Did you my wife's it? out of town this weekend. I'm, I'm going to catch up. Just to remind our viewers based on when we're recording this there there have been two episodes dropped right and do we know how long the first season is is it six i think it's oh i thought it was 10 but i I don't know i'm totally guessing let me look here i think it's 10 okay i'll split the difference and say eight Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and just to clarify has anyone here played the game i have not i've always been an xbox person and I wondered, you know, when I had heard it, you talked about this on pod a few weeks ago and you asked me, said, oh, have you played the game? You know, have you heard about this? And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I realized it was because it was on PlayStation. I never had, you know, had so never entered my scope. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of fun, though, because I've, I've heard it's really true to the game. So I'm going in blind. So uh, the first ep- season is nine episodes. Yeah. The sequel game, The Last of Us Part Two have people have called the best game and the best story of any video game of all time and the showrunners the guy who did chernobyl already said we're doing this show for two seasons we're doing the first two games that's it so i think people are really just trying to get like this is obviously i want to hear your thoughts but they're like can we get the second season because that's like the best game we've ever played yeah i've talked to a few people now who have played the game and they said that well that game was famous for obviously and the gameplay was great but they said the cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and were the most authentic and gut-wrenching scenes in any video game. Like, um, you know, I've, I'm a big video game guy, maybe not the biggest nerd of it, but, like, you know, it, it cut scenes while sometimes you're just like, hey, like, let's pass this through. I want to get back to the game. Right. Yeah, it's probably because you haven't seen something, like, that good. And I know now watching the first two episodes, there are specific scenes, because I found them online. They're, like, shot for shot, line for line, identical to the game. They are, like, literally saying true to this. I was. I really respect that. Yeah. I, I was wondering, um, like, okay, so clearly, Cycli, I'm assuming you're liking it. I, I'm loving it. I had zero expectations going in. I was just like, you know what? Why not? And, guys, it's really good. So you don't have to have played the game to watch i actually think there's a good chance we might get more out of it having not played the game yeah. uh, than those who are like diehard purists of it yeah and what i'll say is this i guess we're two episodes in this will probably air next week for, and you know and, and there'll be a time that nate and i will be on together and talk more in depth but it, it, it's very much could be your simple like oh it's going to be another zombie movie or it's another zombie show um walking dead type thing my wife is severely enjoying it because there's an element of science to this that's actually based in in realism and like like they literally reference real science on how these people are getting infected it's a fungal inspection uh, infection and and they literally like the the opening scenes of both episodes which are flashbacks to the past before the outbreak happens are probably two of my favorite scenes in the whole show And, and i love it because fundamentally fungal infections 
can do this. They actually do this to insects. Why don't and, why why didn't they just give them all tough acting to actin and called it a day? You know, I don't think Boom. they've gotten to that part yet. That's probably the third. Well, Madden episode. is dead, so we don't. Know. Yeah, that's that they waited to fuck until Madden died. That's the but problem. They knew the second we lost the our fungi. Were thinking three steps ahead, but like really quickly, I'll just say this: like so, like in real life, like fungi can't infect humans like that because we're over the the temperature of ninety four. 94 degrees and so like they're like well what if they evolve and the scientist is like well why would they and it's like well if the or, or the world is warming you know maybe eventually and basically like that goes into yeah. the effect of how how we get infected but they they base it on how these insects and ants get infected from these funguses like that's literally what happens they take over their brains and just try to spread so um yeah. you, you guys know my favorite part of any zombie movie or post-apocalyptic movie and i'm not claiming to be unique in this regard a lot of people love this but it's how did the outbreak or the post-apocalyptic scenario happen yep the, the um, so the, the i will tell you this without spoiling anything that's kind of how episode two starts with a scientist in indonesia kind of like figuring out like this is what's going on before mm -hmm. anything is spread and the shock and scare on her face and i was like i want the show of just that yeah like yeah. i oh man I, I well maybe we were like i mean hbo is really good at giving us the prequel after the series yeah i could see it i could this has me excited because again i've heard the second game is literally like people speak probably some hyperbolic involved but that it's the greatest story they've ever seen in a video yeah. game yeah i won't go more into that because there's nothing to know but h it's been hbo's most viewed show uh premiered uh, like out since game of thrones um which is it's fucking like mind-boggling yeah it, that if is you think about crazy. some of the stuff that they that they have had since then yeah it's i mean i gave it a chance just because why not and guys i mean i'm excited for you guys to watch it it's it's well done so far yeah i'm pumped okay i should catch up this weekend yeah i think we only have a couple episodes left of uh, what we're currently watching and then we'll we'll hop on that actually no we have a whole nother season of something else we'll hop on it eventually you're getting through all the backdoor sluts there's so many of them. Yeah, but you have to watch them in order because you'll get confused. Yeah. I know. We're on we're on backdoor sluts 18 right now. God. So you know, halfway. Even halfway. There. Yeah, you, almost. You haven't even met Aisha yet, have you? Who's Aisha? Oh, oh, oh just wait. Don't She's stop. a backdoor slut, dude. Sorry, spoilers. Likely. God. I mean, what's God. the point in even God. watching? God, now? maybe I'll just fucking go watch Fantastic Four Two, Rise of the Silver Surfer instead. Yeah. I mean, they're both movie. great to masturbate to. Um, all right, one thing. Jeff, what do you got? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of want to stay on that topic for a little while. Um, I've watched a lot of stuff again. That's why I'm glad we're doing just a protein shake episode. I saw a movie that I actually referenced or uh, told Cycle about called Gone in the Night. Um, this is now on Hulu. It came out in 2022. I think it had like a small theater release, um, but I'm not sure. But it is a mystery thriller starring Winona Ryder. John Gallagher Jr., who is seemingly fucking in everything, and I like him a lot, so that's not a complaint, but this guy's all over the place. And Dermot Mulroney, probably the faces we will know best. The premise here is Winona Ryder and John Gallagher Jr. are a couple who, there's a bit of an age gap that's kind of like starting to cause a problem with them. Like, he sort of wants to live like the mid-30s life, like kind of go out and socialize more, and she's in her mid so maybe late 40s and uh they're just kind of on different wavelengths and so she wants to get a cat huh basically basically right 
Um, and so to kind of rekindle their relationship, he plans a trip out to an Airbnb in the wilderness to kind of, you know, reignite that flame. And now this seems a little played out, even though this movie came out first. But when they get to the Airbnb, they realize it has been double booked and there's another couple staying there. And they. Party. Yeah. <laughs> so they do. They decide to stay the night and they end up drinking and hanging out with this couple. And when Winona Ryder wakes up, no one else is anywhere to be found in the Airbnb and she cannot get a hold of her boyfriend. And the movie kind of goes from there. Dermot Moroni plays uh, the person who owns the Airbnb, who she contacts to sort of try and track down the other couple who was staying there. Um, and I'll just say this. The, the issue with the movie, really cool concept, some interesting ideas. But when they do finally reveal like where everything is going, the like order that things are revealed in, there's like a few flashback sequences that like kind of spoil the ending. But then when they do reveal the twist, they try and act like you had no idea it was coming. Like, ha ha. And you're like, no, you've shown me this in several flashbacks. I was like, kind of <laughs> confused when I was watching it. They reveal so the like, twist is that they spoiled the twist. Well, yeah, that they, is a, that's shocking. It is weird. I kind of want Cycli and, and you, Banner, to see it because I want to, like, am I just interpreting this weird? But, like, they, they show you the end game and, like, what really happened, like, in Act 2. But then when they, like, catch up to, like, live, like or, like, the current pace of the narrative, and they show it to you again, they act like you're supposed to be fucking blown away. I was like, you told me this. What do you, like, I don't get it. And also, it just doesn't feel like it's that confident that it has a good ending in the way that it's all revealed. So one of those movies that, like, I don't want to say it had great potential, but the the initial premise, what I told you guys, I mean, at least I was intrigued by that in the trailer. I don't know if that sounded cool to you, but I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. Worth watching? I don't think so. Not for you. Like, this... Except for except for you need the uh, reveal being spoiled answered. <laughs> yeah. That's... So, like, don't watch it, but I need to So go you to watch, watch the first it. five minutes. Yeah, I mean, I'll I can tell you off pod. It's it's decent. It's a, actually like a decent twist. Uh, the problem is they give it to you halfway through the movie and then like drop it on you again and expect you to be like impressed. <laughs> it's kind of kind of an odd reveal. But uh, Dermot Moroni's I, I like him in pretty much everything. Winona Ryder does not give a great performance, but um, she's very she's very high and low. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. This was probably on the lower end. All right, Banner, back to you. What do you got? All right. Uh, next thing, we're going to... Uh, all right, let's go here. The hatchet-wielding hitchhiker or some shit like that. The you Netflix guys, thing, right? The Netflix thing. Do you guys remember this? When I remember watching the video when like it happened. Oh, really? I, yeah. I saw the trailer, and I, I couldn't really... It was vaguely familiar, but... I don't think I remember seeing it live. It's not one that I thought about, but once they showed it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember watching that. So, I must have missed it. I don't know how, because this is like in my wheelhouse. I don't remember this at all. How recently was this? And is this a or a one-off? It's a one-off. I think it's like an hour 20. It's pretty... Like that. Yeah. Real real quick, um, there's not a ton to tell here other than it's a hitchhiker that uh, hit a guy over the head with a hatchet. Uh, that he had okay. because the guy ran into another guy, ran him like into a dump truck or some shit. And then he has this viral video, gets kind of like, you know, internet famous there for three or four months. And then he ends up for hitting somebody. a guy with a hatchet. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that he hit a guy with the hatchet. It was the interview. This one news guy caught him 
did an interview and he had this line where he goes, and then I just smash, smash, smash. And he hit the guy over the head with the hatchet and how he presents. He's very charismatic guy. Um, and so how he presents it, like it was just one of those things that went viral and we all know that the internet are freaks. I mean, we're right in the thick of it here. Uh, but yeah, he got kind of internet famous. He was just a nomad kind of took rides and stayed, you know, road couches from here to there, wherever he could and ends up, uh, murdering a guy and like trying to say he didn't do it. But do we uh, think, or does the documentary present the murder? And if this is a spoiler, then don't, you don't have to say it, but as sort of a byproduct of his like 15 minutes of fame, either a hundred percent, not, not okay. No, they are like, okay. They, Hey, here's this guy. Uh, most of it honestly is the one guy that got the interview with the guy. He was the only person in the media that could contact him. I, again, I don't understand. I didn't understand like how what? nobody else could find this guy, but he was the only one that he would respond to via email. He would like have to go to the hitchhiker would like go to libraries and shit or borrow people's phones and check his email. And the only person he responded to was like this news anchor in from Fresno, California. And the whole time it was that guy trying to get his 10 minutes of fame for the most part. But Everybody is capitalizing in some way here. Exactly. Uh, no, they present him as like, hey, he's this like insane guy that hit a guy over the head with a hatchet. And yeah, he probably killed somebody. Oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, he actually did. Um, it's There's no way like it's not like making a murderer where they can kind of dance around things like. No, it is a hundred percent clear he did it. All right. But um, do you think this is good enough to, since we're starting twenty twenty three, you know, clean slate, to get our a, a nomination for best doc? I think you got to throw it on there now, right now. But by the end of the year, you know, we're down to five or we got to pick five or six top ones. I think this is going to yeah. come probably like ten or twelve. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. But I think throw it on. I mean, the title itself gives it kind of like we were talking about earlier. I mean, it gives it a half star bump. Like you're, <laughs> you're scrolling through and it's like a hatchet wielding hitchhiker. Like, well, fuck, I'll watch that movie. And it's just literally describing the person. Yeah, it literally just described like how he got famous. He was a hitchhiker that had a hatchet. <laughs> nice. I'll give it a poke. All right, Cycli, back to you. Uh, this is kind of I won't spend the time on this one because it's not a new movie by any means. Uh, but Jeff, you know, I was texting you about it. Finally, got up the courage because I had put it off for so long. I just didn't really want to put the effort in to watch Tenet. Mm. And um, you know, guys, he's Chris Nolan has hit so many home runs. I'm sure you guys have talked about it on Pod. Um, so I won't go too much in detail. Again, very Christopher Nolan. What an opening. What an opening. Knocks oh, yeah. it out of the park like he always God, does. God, very Dark Knight Rises-esque. Very, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, and then it just didn't, I, okay, so it's probably, I, I, look, if you look at Christopher Nolan's movies, and I'm not meaning this as an insult. I think Tenet was fine. I'm not even talking about, like, did I get it or did I not get it? Like, it was fine as a movie. The exposition, the dialogue was terrible seemed like Chris Merrill really struggled with the script here. Um, he just had maybe this idea that sounded cool and definitely had some good visual effects, but the dialogue in the story didn't go anywhere. This might be his worst movie. 
I, I mean, again, and not to say Tenet's a bad movie. What do you put behind Tenet? You can argue maybe one. Yeah, or that's two a other great. Movies. That's the real question, right? Is it Dark Knight Rises? Okay, I can I can get on board with Dark Knight Rises. That's not the best movie, but it's still a fun Batman movie. You know, like it's not Dark Knight. I get it. Um, you you mentioned Insomnia, one of his earlier films. I haven't seen that movie in about twenty years, but I remember liking it. So yeah, I it might was, need to it get was solid. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, mean, I'm not a big Dunkirk fan. I was going to say, I, where where would you put Dunkirk in I this think you, conversation? So but the, I, the problem with Dunkirk is there's just no story, really. But I still think it's a better watch for me than Tenet. The, sound, have, the sound on that movie was incredible. I'm more widely to watch Dunkirk again. I'd rather have no story than just be so fucking confused that I can't. I don't even know that Tenet had a story. I mean, like, seriously, who are they fighting at the end? Like, that makes no sense. But two, like, the dialogue I was making fun of, there's a literal scene in the movie. Guys, Christopher Nolan is an Oscar, like, literal scene in the movie where they're explaining, finally, to the audience, like, if they succeed, everyone and anything that has ever existed will cease to have existed, and nothing will be here, and blah, blah, blah. And the woman goes, even my son... Like, what? Who wrote? Yes, even your son. No, your eight-year-old... He is immune. Yeah. All billions of people and Did every animal and the earth. Sarah, yeah, your eight-year-old kid is your little shithead son. Is the <laughs> Even only... my son. And I was really happy. I was like, afterwards, I went to the Reddit thread about the movie back like three years ago. And one of the top comments was, even my son is going to be iconic forever. Because it is the stupidest <laughs> line. Yeah, no, you're, you're, he'll be fine. Uh, like, if you really think about the movie, like, he, he's on a mission. He's a spy. And yet he keeps, for no reason going after to save this woman like we get it at the end she ends up being important because you know she helps kill the bad guy right but like <clears throat> other than that you have you don't know that's why he's he's not saving her for that reason he's just like oh i want to save this one girl because you know i'm going to keep going after her it, like take away the again the take away the difficulties of understanding the movie and how much depth it had in the time travel thing and going backwards and forwards and the battle scenes this movie really didn't have depth as much as he, Christopher Nolan wants you to think it has depth. Like he's so desperate to distract you from the complexity that there's I mean, really it, nothing there. It looks great. It sounds fucking great. The cast is awesome, but it's it's just like for me, it was not like a movie yeah. that worked at all. I, 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 guys, yeah, I think it's the bottom of his list. I yeah, I mean, I'm gonna read through his filmography real quick, excluding Following, which was his black and white like intro. I don't want to say it's a short film, but I think it's like 40 minutes. Yeah, you can't count that. So Banner and Cycle, tell me if you think either of these movies are worse than uh, Tenet. And if you haven't seen them, then that's obviously fine. Memento. Better. Yeah, I would agree. Memento's 100% better. Yeah. Insomnia, okay. which is his next film. I remember it being better. No, I actually haven't seen that one. Okay. Uh, Batman Begins. Better. Better. Prestige. Better. Better. Dark Knight. Of course. Worse. Better. Worse. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a debate. Yeah. Inception. Better. Uh... Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I really? Yeah. That, but that was a little longer than expected. Interesting. Uh, I get in, in Interstellar confused sometimes. In, Inception was very high concept, but I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. That's the closest one. That's I, the closest one for me. I think you. St- I still, in just in terms of enjoyment and rewatchability, I'm going Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, it's close, but I'll yeah. say Dark Knight Rises better. Yeah, I think it's. I think Dark Knight Rises is better. Because it is part of of a trilogy. Yeah. If yeah. it was a, if it was an, a standalone, just one by itself, 
Uh, I don't think that statement is true, but because it has the compliments of the other ones. That's valid. Next is Interstellar, which is a movie I really did not like, but I definitely liked it more than Tenet. And I didn't, always, also, I didn't yeah. get Interstellar really either, but I got it more so than I did Tenet. I've always been high on Interstellar, as you guys saw in my top 100, so definitely for me. Oh, I, I love McConaughey. I'll suck his dick all day long. Damn. Uh, Dunkirk, which again, not a huge fan, but I I had probably a better time with that. than Good runtime, too, I think. It's pretty short. Yeah. I, I will right. say this about both of those movies. I am never going to watch them again. Yeah. So I don't know that you can put one ahead of the other one or one behind the other one, but neither one of them are going to get another watch, in my opinion. I think we've done a Dunkirk commentary, right? Uh, we did. Yes. Yeah. Mr. And then, yeah, Barry and then, was on that one with us. That's right. And then, yeah, Tenet. Yeah, now, obviously guys, like, and again, not in his all the Tenet. That's a fucking good list. Yeah. You know, something has to be at the bottom. And like, I think that's it. Oppenheimer, I, I mean, got to hope with the hype. It's, gonna it's be just weird. When you say, like, Tenet's his worst movie, I could see people freaking out. Like, fuck you, man. You're yeah. like, okay, but actually go through the Tell list. Tell me. Yeah. yeah. I think we have an argument for two, like, Dark Knight Rises and... And maybe Dunkirk, but I think a lot of people love Dunkirk. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's especially World War II buffs and stuff like that. But yeah, anyway, I won't go more that you know more into detail about that. It was it, it was fine, good action scenes, but it's funny because to me, Dunkirk and uh, Tenet are like polar opposites. Like Dunkirk's weakness is there's no story. Tenet's weakness is it's all high concept and like so aloof that you can't <laughs> even pin it down. Like what the fuck is this? It's like Dumb and Dumber is a movie about stupid people, but there's some like funny, like smart, well thought out humor in it. You know what I mean? Like it's a dumb movie, but it still has like smart concepts. The tenant in that kind of film is like, oh wow, it's so brilliant. But I don't care how brilliant a film is inherently when it you break it down really quickly, it's dumb. Like tenant is a dumb film. Yeah. Like that's how I felt about it. Like, you can't get so complex that you tell me, oh, you have to be so smart. No. That's no, dude. And they had uh, some cool visual ideas, like the wall scaling and stuff, and, like, inversion. Yeah. But the concept of inversion, I've had it explained to me several times. I've watched several YouTube videos, and every time I hear more about it, it makes less sense. No. I texted you during that scene. I was like, no. <laughs> this is so bad. It just doesn't. It's really yeah. Bad. All right. What else are you drinking tonight, Jeff? All right, I saw Megan in theaters, although it's technically M. Thregan, if you look at the... Yeah, I have always I was confused by that. Guys, look, I hate being this dude. This was like the first major release of 2023. I have AMC A-list. I was like, all right, I'm definitely going to go see it. It's a, you know, AI comes to life, starts killing people movie. I do not get what people are like so blown away by this with. It's a fine movie. It's whatever, but... It is a piece of genre film that we have seen so many times. And I told Cycli this. I don't think it offers anything new for these type of movies. Like, Oh, but they've already greenlit a second one. Mm -hmm. I know, because they have to get to the third two one. Meg, two Meg, two Meg. Two Meg, two again. I just, I don't understand it. Um, like, you guys could predict the plot, paint by numbers. There's not that many kills. Um, it... it doesn't do anything new. I don't think there's any idea in this that hasn't been done. I don't want to necessarily say better, but multiple times before. I mean, the AI becomes sentient and aware and starts killing people is almost so pervasive that I feel like it's basically a subgenre, right? Like it's there's probably a dozen movies at least we can rattle off that this happens in. Um, and the other thing, guys, I 
don't know if Allison Williams is a good actor. She is really bad in this. Like, she really struggles. She's see the thing is she was really good in Get Out, but she's acting like she's acting. You know what I mean? Right. Like when you're acting as an actor, like in the movie, right? She's playing a bit. So true. Yeah, it's like a very meta element of like your yeah. character is acting and you are acting as them. Yeah. So like you can get away with like being not as good because it was like oh she was playing a part. Yeah, and this movie has like an emotional core to it that it it puts in enough time to where I was like okay that. That's solid. I'll buy that. And it almost feels like Allison Williams is like playing it tongue in cheeks. Some of the moments that she has with Katie, the the child actress in this, who, by the way, is actually really good. Um, but I guess real quick, this is a minor spoiler for like the first five minutes of Megan. So skip ahead like a minute if you don't want to hear it. But there is a can I spoil the first like five minutes for you guys? Oh, you know, it's about the journey with me. I love spoilers. Okay. So in the beginning, and I think this is in the trailer, but the young girl, Katie, her two parents die in a car accident where she's in the car with them. And that's why she ends up living with Allison Williams' character. And I don't remember the exact dialogue, but in the beginning, like anytime you, you're, you see a child in the backseat of a car and the parents are in the front seat, like arguing and it's like snowy or raining, you're like, okay, we all see what's about to happen here. <laughs> In my head, this is what I heard, but I haven't gone back to watch it. But there's basically a line that one of their parents has in the front seat there where they go, um, oh, we're going to live forever and be such a happy family. And then the fucking train like, comes and hits them. I can never die. <laughs> yeah. Megan, Katie, we love you. We're going to be invincible forever. And then the fucking death happens. And I just remember like laughing in the beginning. I don't know if that was intentional. I can't remember the exact line. I wish I could. It would be way funnier. But it was something to that effect. I have, um, I've uh, really come close. I was going to go that night or the next day after you watched it. And many times I've been tempted. I'm like, maybe Jeff's wrong. Everyone's so hyped up about it. I still want to go to the theater. And I just, yeah. I, and it's, I, I, yeah. it's not horrible. I just, like, we, we get this movie once a year, you know? And and, yeah. and I'm not complaining. Like, yeah, I'll we've go gotten see the next this one. movie once a year for the last 30 years. Right. And I'll go see the next one of these. But I just, the, the way that the internet reaction to it has been i was like maybe i'm missing something but i don't see like what about this uh like puts a new spin on the idea or even gives us like a, any new wrinkle to it it just it's very paint by numbers and i'm not going to sit here and lie to you like i'm not going to go see the sequel but i just didn't get did, it did they leave it open i i haven't seen it obviously uh did they leave it open where like it makes sense that there's going to be a sequel oh absolutely okay absolutely. like like there's no question like Hey, if you guys don't green light a sequel, like we're setting this up for a sequel. Yeah, I mean it's it's very obvious where they you would take this uh, the next one. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, Brian, how about you? What else you got? All right, next uh, that '90s show. Yep. I've uh, not guys, started this yet, but you got me into that '70s show in college. You're a diehard biggest fan, I know. So I'm very curious to get your thoughts. I, I am. That '70s show to this day is still my favorite uh, series. Not necessarily an individual season, but as a whole, uh, I absolutely love that 70s show. Uh, that 90s show, is it good? No. Is it fun? Yeah. Red and Kitty steal the fucking show. Um, you, can, you can see how they raised their kids in that 70s show and, oh, now they're grandparents and how they've kind of evolved, but they have to go back into that, uh, into that being a, a true parent role and not a grandparent role. Um, it, how much? Sorry to interrupt you, but 
How much of the show is them versus the new kids? 50-50. Yeah. Oh, exactly. great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of Red and Kitty, which is fantastic. Um, and that's really the only reason that I would say this is a moderate, almost success uh, of a show. Um, it is disappointing not to see the entire original cast all at once. But with everything that happened. Are they sparingly, like really brief cameos? Yeah. Yeah. Donna's in it a couple of times. Thanks. Jackie and Kelso are in it for five seconds i i still have i think one or two episodes to finish uh so maybe they come back in the end fez gets an episode to himself for the most part because he still lives in point place right yes he is uh he is a very successful hair salonist of course which is awesome uh it's still nice to see all of them and see what their adult portrayals of those kids and those characters that they created are um even even Eric and and, uh, and Donna as well. Very very fun to see them back in those roles. Uh, best part about this though is being back in Point Place. Every episode, if you have watched that '70s show, every episode has a callback to something from that '70s show. Uh, which is the is hub nice. still there? They I don't think it's called the hub, but it's it is there, and they are in that restaurant. Or in that little hangout place several times. That's cool. Um, why I think this show doesn't work is the the kids are too young. They're they're like fourteen basically. One girl just turned fifteen. Uh, like Eric and Donna's daughter turns fifteen in one of the episodes. It's hmm. too young. I, I think that that '70s show worked because they were a little bit older. I would say junior, senior year in high school um through you know early 20s that's when that show happened this is happening at a time where uh you're figuring out what puberty is by the time we get to that 70s show they know what puberty is and they know they're going through it and they are fully embracing it this they they aren't they're i don't know they're too young that's all i gotta say i don't know i can't really put a pin on it cycle you've watched it right yeah yeah the whole thing? What? Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree completely. I One, I will say this. You hit it nail on the head. Is this show good? No. I had a, I had fun, though. I it's really a blast. Did. Like, it's a blast. I, I genuinely laughed. I genuinely, like, was intrigued. Like, seeing Red and Kitty, my God. Like, I I could just be fine with that. I could, wa- I could, I would watch a show of just the two of them. Red, Red being a grandpa is hilarious because he, like, I he's bet. much more chill, but he's still himself. But he's, like, He's, like, it's not my it. kid, technically, but yes. fuck, it is my kid. Yeah. They've yeah. got, and he still has it. They have some great foot in the ass lines. Yes. Oh, yeah. Some... And and so, you know, the only thing I'll add to that is like I actually think the week the biggest weakness isn't necessarily the age of the kids because half the kids are slightly older, right? Like it's, sure, her group sure. is fifteen. Like it's kind of like the, half the half the seven. There's seven of them, right? So like half of them are fifteen ish, and the rest are like sixteen, seventeen. So they're still like sure they are drinking beer and smoking weed. Like they find the the, the Eric Eric stash and like things Which, like how- that disgusting that's what we said would 20 year old weed be yeah dude it'd be but, so dry my god but they, they but the show honestly has some like just great moments the biggest issue for me are the kids are just not great actors oh they're that's, horrible. And, that's what i got from the trailers and well and the thing is at first i was like hey you know you know first of all we're not used to let's all admit this we're not used to three camera sitcom laugh track 
shows anymore. Yeah. Like, we're, I'm just not. It yeah. makes me feel weird watching them. Like, I just don't. It just doesn't have the right feel anymore. They're so played out, right? Like, it was a specific genre. So I had to get over that. So part of me was like, okay, maybe there's just, maybe that's just that part of, that's just, it's all corny. But my wife and I went back and started that 70s show again. And like, no, these kids were so good. They yeah. are yeah. so good, the that's actors true. in that 70s yeah. show. So, like, yes, that 70s show is still corny with the laugh track, all of that. But like, no, those kids were good actors. So that's what sets the 70s show of being like an iconic show, which is this is fun. But I, what, my final thoughts, and this, Jeff, pertains to you. I think it's a better first season than than How I Met Your Father was. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? If we're going to like compare sitcom laugh track shows based on shows we love from the 90s and 2000s, this one starts off better. Um, now, you know, we'll get into how I met your father in a little bit, but, um, I, I, I had fun. Is it good? No, but it was fun. I'd, I'd keep it going. Yeah. I was going to say, if they make another season, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't want me. I don't want more, but I'll take more. Absolutely. I mean, I guess if you think about it, that 70s show, if I remember right, the first season, they hadn't really figured out like the voice of these characters. And then as the actors re like really got to know who their character was, especially Fez and Hyde, I feel like. Because um, yeah. Kelsa didn't change too much. Ashton Kutcher just really developed his comedic chops. Uh, it could be a similar thing here. But I also do think that raw talent-wise, that original, that 70s show cast, like, probably had more in, like, one fucking grain of hair on their head than this cast has cumulatively. Yeah, for sure. I would, I would argue that of the original cast, your weakest actor in that was your lead actor. I feel like Laura Prepon as Donna, like the first season was already like a really polished actress. Oh, yeah. I, she's probably the best. I, she's obviously not the most well-known, but she's probably the best actress or actor out of the entire crew. Um, and then I would say. Ashley Kutcher's probably next. Really over Mila Kunis. Yeah, it's it's tough. They're, they're, it's weird. None of them really have too much range, and I love the butterfly effect. But like, we all know that that was a fucking uh, like lightning in a bottle moment for Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, yeah he can't. He's never going to get that back again. All right, I'm definitely going to watch it too. It's uh, it's also on my list. I can't watch that one without my wife this weekend though. But I'll definitely watch The Last of Us this weekend. It's worth it. It's fun. Yeah, don't yeah. don't go in. Like, just go in guilt free. Yeah. It is not it is not that 70s show. Don't even try to think this is an extension of that. It is not. It it I it can basically be like Zevia Cola that 70s show and I'll be okay with it. There is a Zemo reference. There I is. Love it. I yeah. loved it. Yes. Yes. Cycling was it was it you who said I wish this had more like 90s yeah. nostalgia? I wish there it? were more 90s. They they got it got better. They they go to a mall. There's an orange Julius like they're, they they do start a little more of the 90s stuff, but they could definitely do more. When I think in the that 90s, that is it like early, mid, late? I think 95. It's 95. Oh, wow. So that was like our fucking heyday. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I like to think that they are planning for future seasons and they're trying to keep some gas in the tank as far as the, the 90s sure. references and go. Maybe they can say, hey, let's throw all this in in one last season. And just give us a second season. But I want like fucking Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles in this Yeah, movie. yeah. 
Because we started that 70s show, and they immediately started with Gerald Ford coming to town. Yeah. You know, Brad asking the question, that kind of stuff, which you could argue that 70s show probably started too late in the 70s, considering how long the show 100%. lasted. 100%. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so maybe they don't want to make that mistake again. I don't, again, I don't see that being that show, but it is fun. Yeah. It's a little presumptuous, but uh, respect. All right, Cycle, what else you got? Well, yeah, that was actually the next one. So if you, I mean, we kind of combined those if you want to go. Okay. Um, let me see what else I got. Uh, let me talk about two things because I'll make these both quick. Uh, the show Dead to Me on Netflix. Banner, had you heard of this? Have you checked it out at all? This has uh, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, as well as James not, Marston. I haven't watched it. Uh, I believe it's on our list which okay. means it may be lost to the abyss. I don't know. Yeah. So season three of the show, which is the final season, just came out. It is a murder mystery dramedy. Um, very wow. vulgar. It's very lot, lot there. Yeah. Very funny. But also like the, there's a very, like a mysterious murder plot. That's a big part of it. And this is one of those shows where if they did try to do a fourth season, uh, even regardless of how this one ended, we would have been out because the quality has been steadily declining over three Ugh. seasons and took a pretty big see it. Yeah, it took a pretty big drop in season three. Season one is incredible, and I would highly recommend it to anyone. Okay. And it just gets precipitously harder to watch. Like you can just tell there's narrative threads they're pulling on that aren't attached to anything, like kind of grasping at straws to keep the story going. Um having said that. I love Linda Cardellini and Christina Applegate's uh, dynamic. Them two together are hilarious. Linda Cardellini is like this really like soft-spoken, like, oh, shucks. No, I'm sorry. Like, so nice. And Christina Applegate's character will say, like, fuck you to a like priest if he cuts her off in the grocery store. So they're like, <laughs> they're like a fun dynamic. Um, I would recommend the first season of the show, but I anyone that sticks with it through season three, I think you'll be disappointed as I was. I was glad to see it end because it had definitely outlived its uh, necessary. It was like drinking milk that's expired by a few weeks. Like, you could technically do it, but let's just get new milk. So fuck you can. <laughs> the wife and I have watched the first two seasons before, and she so I hadn't started with it. She started the third one, and she she stopped. Like, yeah, she didn't like not in a bad way. She was just like, I'm just not into it. No, I mean if you like if you were in it with her, she might have finished. Because if it was just my wife or me watching the third season, we probably would have done the same thing. Yeah, got accountability there. Now, likely without spoiling anything. Do you remember anything about the second season? Yeah, because I was like, she was watching the first one, the first third episode of the third season. I was like walking in and okay. out. Do you remember the moment in the second season where they do a certain thing with James Marsden that you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, yeah, exactly. No, you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Banner, I can tell you when we get off pod, but there's a moment in the second season where I was like, is, is this show a joke now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually thought it was going to be like a dream sequence. And then they're like, no, that's actually going to be like our plot. It's literally like a, a drunk six-year-old pitched this idea. Oh, it's so got to be good then. Fucking it's gold. So fucking bad. One other thing I'll say. Um, Nate Thurmond and I were, I don't know where we were at like two weeks ago, and we were really drunk, and we just were on a binge, that was, as we always are, of quoting Wedding Crashers. And Nate was like, I'm going to watch that movie when I get home. And it was like 2 a.m. already, and I was like, dude, I'm going to fucking watch that movie when I get home. We both go home, start the movies with our wives, proceed to realize we can still literally quote 95% of the lyrics 
And I won't tell you where Wedding Crashes is on my top 100, but let me just say this. Uh, it is high, and rewatching it, it is just as hilarious as it always was. Every line works. Vince Vaughn is on a fucking tour de force of comedy, and it's just maybe the most quotable movie of all time, in my opinion. So it holds up, and I made myself an, a pact with myself, of course. Um, I'm not going to move any movie up or down my top 100 list unless I rewatch it. And I think that's fair. Yeah, so this one uh, might have benefited from that because it's so fucking good. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix right now. Nice. All right, Banner, back to you. All right, last one I got for the night. Uh, Flight Attendant on HBO. We watched the first season uh, with uh, with your girl, Jeff. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I thought the acting was really good. At times, it got really fucking weird. And I was really confused. Have either one of you guys seen this? No, but I'm in, like, I love Kaylee Cuoco, and I haven't seen her in much dramatic stuff. And the trailer looked like it kind of toes that line. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a. Okay, let me let me start over. There are definitely times where I laughed. I don't know that I was necessarily supposed to. I think so. Like Coen like Brothers type humor. Yeah, you're also laughing as shit, and you're like, I don't know if like this is appropriate to be laughing at, but it was funny. <laughs> um. She she was good. Um, I was more impressed with uh, Zoza Mamet, and I've actually never seen her in anything else in my she life. She doesn't even really look familiar to me. And she, yeah, I don't know who the fuck she is, but put her in more. Um, she I was really really Leisman. good. Cycle, is this the guy from? Um, Aunt, I'm thinking my left, like Haunting of Hill House, and a couple of those other. We'll ask him when he comes back. Yeah, I think he's I think he's indisposed at the moment. Um, I'm I'm here. Sorry, I was hearing weird noises. Cycle, Michael Huisman is he the guy from Haunting of Hill House and what's that other Netflix like horror? Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I'm not sure about his name. He's also in what was the remake of like that uh, PI show that HBO Max did? Set in like the 20s. I don't know. Oh, I know who you're talking about. He's not. Wait, are you? Let me double check. Okay. Are you talking about who was in Flight Attendant Two? Yeah. By the way, I've only seen the second season. Ah, what? Man, what the fuck is wrong with you? How do you only my, see the second season? I was out of town, and my wife like binged it the first season when I was gone, and so like she it was on the second season. She's like, "Should I start it over?" I was like, "Nah, it's fine." I was like, "Just tell me what happened." Uh, from the little I know of the second season, I don't think I don't think you missed anything. Like I don't, there's, there's very little crossover from the first season to the second season. Really? Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen the second season, so I can't. Yes, Michael Heisman has, was in the, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, but he is the guy from The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, I, I'm sure there's crossover and I'm sure it builds on itself, but as far as major plot points go, I do not think that they really connect much. That's kind of weird, but okay. Yeah, but I, again, I haven't seen the second season, so I may be completely fucking wrong about that. Uh, but the first season, like I said, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. There were a couple of parts uh, where she's kind of fighting some inner demons. Uh, they got a little fucking weird, but not weird enough where I'm like, okay, I'm out. They, it towed that line really well. Is it a, like, murder mystery? Like, what genre would you say it is? Because that's what I really couldn't get a feel for based on the uh, I would say... 
murder mystery adjacent. It's yeah. Murder mystery adjacent. Um, I don't think this spoils anything, uh, but in case you're like really into this, I would skip ahead minute and a half. The first season uh, plays around. She is a flight attendant. She's a fucking drunk. She hooks up with uh, one of her passengers and she wakes up uh, next to him and he has his uh, throat slit. And the it only happened, the entire season is like the course of like a week and a half, maybe. Um, it's a really quick pace as far as like real time goes. Uh, and it is her basically trying to figure out what the fuck happened that night because she was so drunk she couldn't remember anything. Sounds like the show should be called Sorry for Partying. Yeah. Perry Mason was the show I was thinking of, and it's not Michael Huisman, it's Matthew Reese, who I always get confused with him. One off. He's the guy from The Americans. Oh, yeah, they do look similar. All white people look the same to you, though. (laughs) Oh, y'all look alike. (laughs) Uh, Would you recommend? 100% I'd recommend it. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was fun. Uh, Really not that hard of a watch. I I do think they are hour-long episodes, uh, but they don't feel like hour long, especially when you're kind of watching them back to back to back. I mean, we usually get through about one and a quarter episode a night. And so that didn't like throw, Wait, throw you anything. Start an episode and don't finish it. They're sick. That's yeah. Psych- Look, we have, we have a four year old. When you get tired, you get tired. Like you maximize your time. That episode way. over. I totally get that. But, like you can't no. pick up. Yeah. You can pick up right in the middle. We may go back like a couple minutes and go, oh, yeah, okay. This is what's going on. We have a little conference about it. All right. Whatever you have clearly works. You're better at binging than anyone I know. Yeah, I can I can watch eight seasons of something in a day and a half. It's impressive. I'm prop if I'm properly motivated. All right, that's another thing that's on my list. I probably it's like probably a summer watch for me when I have some more time, but I am intrigued. And unlike Cycle, I will probably watch the first season before the second. Ah, overrated. Star Wars taught me how to do it. Start in the middle. And then <laughs> You're supposed to watch the flight attendant machete style, but that's it's like, what? It's just me. Of all the things. <laughs> machete style? There's only two seasons. I'm confused. Yeah, exactly. Star so Wars you just watch it backwards? Oh, so what did you do? You watch fucking season one first? Oh, yeah. I get it. Okay. <laughs> wow. Why would you do that? Fucking weirdo. All right, Cycle, what else you got? Well, if that was his last one, I let me really quickly... I'll just mention them, and then you guys can tell me which one you want me to talk about. Um, this is going to be a I, fun game. Well, watch the menu. So, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to the Oscars. Uh, Sick, which Jeff and I have watched together. Wait, hold up. Is the menu getting some Oscar love? Because that would be incredible. Did it not? I don't know. I don't know. You saying that, like... I feel like it... Like, what I felt like with the critical acclaim it had, that it has to get nominated for something, but I, I mean, could be... be. That'd completely cool. wrong. It's funny because as we're saying this, we all have the internet and Oscar noms have come and up. And I've read I'm not the looking oh, I am not, Yeah, I'm not going to look that up. I'm not right looking now. that up. I, 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 I want I, someone to comment below and get pissed off at us. I read it, like, too, and now I can't remember. So okay, Or just so be the, a nice person and inform us. Yeah. I mean, Don't be a, God, do something for us for once. Fuck. For real. Fuck you. <laughs> I didn't mean uh, that. Relax. I didn't mean that. Nah, you did. It's okay. Um, Sick, which you and I watched. Uh, Banshees. I never know how to say this part. Banshees of Insurin or whatever. Do they say um, it in the movie? That's what I was wondering. Is it like in a share? That, that movie is only dialogue and it's heavy Irish dialogue. You have to move, watch this movie with subtitles, guys. Okay. You I watch everything have with subtitles. I'm yeah, I do too. But like, I usually have them just in case I miss something so I can like 
look down. This one, I'm like, it's like a foreign movie. I'm like literally <laughs> like just reading. And then, um, and then just how about your father? Uh, but we can say that's another one. So I have two with you, Jeff. But um, well, do you want to say how I met your father when we've seen a few more from? This? Yeah, we could save that. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about sick as my last one. So okay. So really quickly, I'll say two things. I'll say with the menu and Banshees of Insurance, or sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, Banshees of Insurance, I will say it is not for everybody. And that's not an insult to someone. Like, that's not saying, oh, you didn't get it. Oh, I'm so much smarter than you. If you didn't like this movie, that's nothing wrong with not liking this movie. Like, really. Like, that is not, there's nothing to get from this movie. You know what but I mean? Like, can I just say the plot to me is super interesting. Vayner, do it you is. Know, like, the plot is. No. Really briefly, it's basically like two age old friends who've been drinking buddies back in the 1800s. Is it 1800s? Um, at, during the Irish Civil War. Like one day, it's the guy who plays Mad Eye Moody. Um, oh, okay. Just yeah. decides to. Uh, like, what the fuck is? Yeah, his I have his name. I, he's in. He's in some of my Alistair. favorite movies. Yeah, well, Braveheart. He's in so many things. Um, I think th- I know the movie. This movie did get nominated for Oscars. Um, this movie is just a character piece, right? Like this is a character-driven, slow burn story, right? Like that's what I'm saying. It's not for everyone. Like my parents watched it for some reason and they were like, why did my, my, my sister wanted to watch it and made them watch it. And like, they were like, why did we watch this movie? Um, it's, 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 it's like, you know, someone's form of art, right? Like, is it worth it? I, I personally, you have to be in the mood for it. Be prepared for like two hours of just slow dialogue. And not a lot happening. Brendan Gleeson is the guy. Brendan Gleeson, of course, yeah. So, like, if you've seen, like, Nate and I have talked about Lighthouse and things like that. Like, these slow burns that have, I mean, there is suspense in the story. And, like, Colin Farrell's, like, he he was incredible in this. I didn't know. he's He plays this, like, dim-witted character. Like, he's always, so like. the plot is one day Brendan Gleeson just decides, like, dude, I just don't want to be your friend anymore. Nothing yeah. happened. Like, I no. just. I'm no, wasting my time with you. Basically, like Brendan Gleeson, I mean, this isn't spoilers, this is the movie. He's getting older. Life is happening. The war is happening. Brendan Gleeson's getting, he's like, I'm wasting time just hanging out with you. We're not talking about anything. We talk about the same shit every day. I just hear you talk. He's like, I don't know. Isn't that what like- being best friends is, though? Yeah. And that, well, that's part of the movie, right? Like, and that's why Colin Phil's, I guess, the quote unquote mysteries. He's like, well, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. He doesn't understand what's so wrong about hanging out at the bar and talking. He's like, but Colin Farrell, like, again, because I don't know, he was a heartthrob there for a long time. Kind of the, like, you know, like, just everyone wanted to be him. Like, it was fun to see him in this. He had his, like, crazy un- stage. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a very dim-witted, unconfident. And you can see, I mean, guys, like, we're all such close friends. Like, you know, like, in 50 years, 40 years, one of us just, like, for absolutely just drops you off the, do- like, like, with no problem saying, hey, I'm done talking to you. Like, even though, like, you know, the love between our wives and things like friendship is real love and like seeing someone struggle with that kind of breakup, like it, it was really endearing. And like he doesn't understand and he keeps trying to win him back. And like, obviously, weird shit happens. But like, there is something to this. I'm just saying what I'm trying to say at the end of this thing is like this movie isn't for everyone or in your right state of mind. You have to be like wanting to watch the slow period piece now. When it's listed it. on Google as comedy drama. I mean, yeah. how, what was the percentage here? I, I, there's comedy in terms of like. Is it like situational comedy? Yeah, situational comedy. But I don't like, you know, and they're yelling at each other in Irish insults, right? Like, that's like you're laughing and you're not sure that you that should be laughing. Sounds, 
fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and like again, they're drinking all the time. They're is there's drunk. I mean, they're drunk. I mean, everyone in this town is drunk all the time. So I was like, I don't know. I'm like, I really liked it. I was in the mood. I knew that going in. My sister had warned me. I told my wife came in halfway. She's like, Oh, do you think I'll want to watch it? I was like, No, I don't think so. Like, I just don't think that'd be her movie. So again, take it with a grain of salt. Maybe you want to watch it. It's very good acting, well written, but it is, but it is long. Runtime's under two hours, which is manageable. That's a, yeah, that's a plus. And then Barry Keegan, where does this guy find the time these days? He's fucking in everything. I will say the time does feel. Yes, it is under two hours, which I was like, oh, going in, but. When you have a movie that's just pure dialogue, it, it yeah. does feel you feel all of it. You but feel Banner, every 120 minutes of that. Banner yeah. was the Eternals last year. Ooh, last year, two years. Because if it was last year, he was in three movies last year. No, I think it was two years ago. Okay, again, we could. I wish there was some way we could easily look this up. Yeah, this is just God. We're it's yeah, like we're right. at a bar in the 80s. I know it was 2021, but all right, I'm. I'm interested just because this movie feels like there's not much out there like it. Yeah. It's brilliant acting. If you just want to see well-written and well-acted drama. Yeah. Just putting on a clinic. Yeah. The, you had me at the Irish insults. I don't know if that will sustain itself for two hours. I don't hours. understand half of them. <laughs> like, oh, that sounded like a fucking zinger. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And really quickly, I'll just say I like the menu a lot. There was I, my wife did not like the menu again. Another my movie that wife. I don't think is my wife did not think this movie is for everyone. I felt Your actual mid said she didn't like it. Yeah, she didn't like it. Wow, she found it very stupid. <laughs> um, I I found very and this is a I don't know if anyone agrees with this and maybe out there if you do, felt very midsummery. Yes, uh, even especially towards the end, cult like you know oh. a very different concept. Um, the way it ends, yeah. I thought your wife would at least like the Tyler's bullshit joke. I think she liked parts of the movie. And then the end, she was just like, this is so stupid. Yeah, it, it, but it, I feel like it, it has such a good second act that it's almost like, yeah. well, how do you stick this landing? Ray Fiennes is always a fantastic villain. Um, Although I don't like the slander the on s'mores. You know, that was, <laughs> I kind of took offense to that. But that burger at the end of the movie, that's not a spoiler. There's a burger at the end of the movie that I would kill for. Yeah. Fuck. Same. <laughs> it looks so good. Brian, have you watched this? I have not. It's on our it's on our to do list. Brian, it was my surprise of the year. Like okay. blew me away. So much fun. I think the most I laughter versus expectation of laughter. Like I was fucking cackling in the theater at this thing and not thinking <laughs> it was gonna be that funny. Had no right to be as funny as it was. It was fucking hilarious. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Oh God, just some real, like really interesting comedic ideas like that you don't normally see. Like the jokes aren't like someone says a line of dialogue and you laugh. It's all like the positions they put these characters in and then some kind of like visual gags that they do that are really good. The girl who went to Brown and didn't have student loans. I'm, yeah. The follow up to that part is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, ex I'm excited. I've heard I've heard good things, not great, good things. <laughs> and also, even if Brian, you hate it, you'll be entertained for sure. Brian, you're like one of the few people in the world that will understand this. The uh, shop teacher from High School Musical, the musical, the series, he's okay. in the movie. Nuh-uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's wild. I know. What a fucking, like, career jump that is. Right. You're it's... in High School Musical, the musical, the series, to the menu. I remember watching it being like, I thought these guys just, like, couldn't get jobs. <laughs> so <laughs> That's why you're on... 
High School Musical, the musical, the series. Yeah. All right. Are you cycling? Do you have anything else? Yeah, that's that's everything. Got a lot. All right. I'm going to say these two things real quick, not talk about them, but we have movie commentaries both out for one of these right now and then coming out for the other. So I just want to do some shameless self-promotion. Um, in a few weeks, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania comes out, and I'm going to see it that weekend. But if any of you guys do, we should definitely review it as our first review of the year. And in anticipation of that, we did a movie commentary on the first Ant-Man. Um, so much fun to revisit. It really was. And I think, like, especially with how kind of wild and out there the MCU has gotten in the multiverse saga, which I'm not shitting on. I'm interested in it. But Ant-Man is just like a nice... Sit down, take a deep breath. Nothing too crazy here. Just a good, funny movie with good characters. Yeah. It was... Ant-Man is one of those movies I think gets lost in the shuffle. uh, As far as all the MCU movies go. There's so many good ones. Yeah. um, That this is just kind of... I don't want to call it underrated. Because it's definitely not in that upper echelon. But it's it's just a solid fucking movie. Top to bottom. And so our commentary right now is out on all the audio platforms you can listen to us on in YouTube. So cue that up and watch the movie with us. Also, Cycling and I put our boner pants on. And in anticipation of Magic Mike The Last Dance, we watched Magic Mike, which um, I think we were both surprised to see it was directed by Steven Soderbergh. Cycling, what's the tease you would give uh, for our Magic Mike commentary, which drops, I believe, in a week? God, we get homosexual really fast. In the we, intro, I believe. I, I, it's the most bi-curious I've ever been, guys. It was, <laughs> things were... Uh, and that's saying something. That's saying something. <laughs> it was... I, you know, the only thing I'll say is I, that movie was a lot more fun than I expected. Okay, uh, let me ask you this, because I have not seen it. Um, should I watch it? Oh, I mean, it's terrible. It. You would, Yeah, but, but you would love it. You would love it. Okay. Is this uh let's say top 400 movie? <laughs> Can you give me a second to check my list? Yeah, yeah. Of course. I, I don't... Of course, take your time. But you're you're in the territory. Like like if you've watched let's just say you watch a thousand movies, is it upper half or lower half? I think it's right in the middle somewhere. Damn, it's going to be close. I think my list right now is at it's loading right now, but fuck you. You should work in Vegas because that uh, over under is. Look, Valentine's Day. Here's a good. You put it on for you and your wife. Just act like it's a gift for her, but it's really it's a gift for you. Ooh, and then you can okay. yeah, then you can bank one too, which is yeah the goal. Here. Okay, all right, all right. It's, it's the part Matthew McConaughey always wanted to play. <laughs> it might be the only McConaughey movie I haven't seen. Like, literally, the movie inherently Brian is bad like the, the movie doesn't go anywhere like with 20 minutes left during the commentary I'm like I don't understand what's happening like, was this a blind watch for you guys on the commentary yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay All right, so Banner I, you're like right in so I've seen 1155 movies total and Magic Mike is at 607 right dead dead nut center almost. so it's pretty close it's right behind the 2019 version of the Lion King Wow. Yeah. You have you have the Lion King that high? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. 
Um, so yeah, that movie commentary dropping soon. Not a not one you will regret watching with the Bro Four Squad. I mean, maybe you might. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. If it makes you ask questions that you never knew existed, then you might regret it. We're just broadening your horizons. Um, all right, so Cycli and I watched a Peacock original. Yeah. Is it? So this the movie's called Sick, and it I guess had done the festival circuit in 2022. So some places have it as a 2022 release, but we it was released like in mass and distributed in early 2023 obviously this year so for the purpose of the pod we'll count it as a 2023 release now cycling i get like a bunch of movie newsletters that like tell me like hey this is what's streaming this week and when i saw this one i watched the trailer and i was like oh, okay this is right down cycling lines alley why don't you tell our folks at home what the like plot premise is and then what your initial thoughts were going in yeah, like I, I one the trailer gives away too much, like much like many trailers. I think I might have told you I stopped the trailer with like thirty yeah. seconds left because I was like, I get it, I get it. I regret watching the trailer, but like nowadays it's almost. Hard. I used to love trailers, so that's a whole different discussion. But I would say this movie is what early days of the pandemic, like April ish, maybe March, April, when everything is like, are we taking it seriously? Are we not taking it seriously? Yeah, um, we're locked down, but young people are still going out and then a group of friends two friends go to their her father's cabin on the lake isolate up there in quarantine while you know the world shuts down around them which is you know what you think going in like that's why it's called sick right and then one mm-hmm. of their friends jo- joins the party and you know someone someone's watching them yeah and i guess that's really all we can say without uh spoiling it but i will say this um, Cycling and I are big fans of home invasion movies, and this one does something that is relevant to the time that the movie is set in. Um, I don't know. How much can we say about, I guess, our thoughts on the end or the twist without... I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's up to you if we want to say spoilers for a minute, but... I'll just say this. the There are some elements of this that are really well done. I think it it looks really good. I think it's paced pretty well. The acting is pretty solid. I mean, norm- sometimes in these movies you see like some cringe-worthy performances. I thought all the characters felt pretty real. Like none of them felt like caricatures of real human beings. So the home invasion part of it, I actually thought was pretty cool. It just, uh, I don't know. The, the end, it, I'll give it, it takes a pretty decently sized swing for what this is, and it just for me didn't work. But um, it's like, how did you describe it to me? You had a pretty good analogy. It was like go in. It's like a genre piece for like the thriller slasher flick, and it does pretty well by that standard. Yeah, I think if you again, if you turn your brain off, it's like sometimes without like questioning the motives or like questioning these people. I mean, we actually get like sometimes sometimes it's damned if you do, damned if you damned if you don't. Right? Like you don't get any motive, and the end the movie ends. You're like, oh, but why were they doing that? I want to know more. Yeah. And then you have this where like explicitly tells you why they're doing it. You're like, oh man, they they told us too much. Like, come on, this is crazy. So it's like it's it's a tough line to play. I will say, as ridiculous as the end was, there are people like this. There are parents and crazies and especially in that time where everything was so unknown. Now I'm not defending the film. I think the film was mediocre at best. I enjoyed it, but like it's forgettable, right? Like never going to watch it again, probably, but, um, favorite kind. I, yeah, it, it was, <laughs> but I, I just don't think of all things like, Hey, you know, there's crazy people in this world right now. Um, 
it's like it's, especially when it comes to family. And I will say one one things I did like like Dominic Toretto. Vi- well, the victims of the movie are they behave like how most people you know it's not one of those stupid movies like don't take a shower right now why are you running yeah. upstairs like Billy? they do things like they do things like we would there's one scene in particular like i was screaming at the tv like do something but for the most part it was like they were being really realistic mm-hmm. yeah i think uh if you like thrillers and slashers this is like the first og one of the year i would give it a poke for sure Starts off strong. We'll say that. And at what? A hour 15 minute run. Oh, time. dude. The so. best. That was the best part of it. You were like, yeah. no matter what, like, I can't shit on it too much because it does yeah. not overstay its welcome. Which I is, don't, nope. Yeah. You don't want your slasher film to be two hours. It can't be. They'll, they collapse in on themselves when they get yeah. to that point. If That's you're any longer than an hour and 45 minutes, you you are not a good slasher film apparently yeah, because of your runtime. At that point, you do one of two things. You either run out of people to kill or like if you still have people left, you're like, how haven't they died yet? Yeah. So. All right. Ah! What's that? You have a lip wrap? I got to tell you, Banner, it has been so hard to do Do You Even Lip Row without you showing up as a parrot. If I'm, guys, I'm like Texas football. I'm fucking back. They're back, but, baby. But you're actually we're back, back baby. But you're Cycli- literally back. Cycli, their quarterback said they were back. I don't understand what you're Fuck. fucking That's true. Out. Read a book. All right. That is our Do You Even Lift Bruh segment, which is our question and answer segment where we pose a question and then leave you with it to ponder. The question, as we continue this, is our countdown of each of the bros top 100 movie lists of all time. Now, Banner. How would you describe these movies list? These are not your AFI's top 100. This is not your curated New York Film Institute's top 100 pieces of cinema you must ever watch. What no, are this is this is the Brian Banner curated top 100 movies of me. This is my top 100. Uh, some of these movies are embarrassingly high, but they are tied to a very memorable memory of ours and a very influential I love memorable time. memories. Aren't they the I'm best? Way better than immemorable memories. I hope right? to have one someday. Exactly. Uh, this is not, you know, our number one movie is not the best movie ever made. Our number one movie is my favorite movie. Hands down, top to bottom. That's what these lists are about. Great exercise. Uh, I invite everybody to try and do it because it, it, Honestly, it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever like had to put on paper in my life. Yeah, and Cycle, you talked about this because I think your sister or someone else in your family did it. Like the process of putting these lists together, I think in and of itself is like a just a really fun activity because it's like a trip down memory lane, right? The sentimental value of these movies has to play into their ranking on your own list. Yeah, you have debates. Like, yeah, both my sisters did this, and their bro- my brother in laws. You have debates with yourself. You have debates with your with your friend. Like I mean, like you're. I mean, how? I'm sure you guys felt the same way. I was argue. I still argue with myself over some of these movies. There is a movie that before we did this exercise, I would have said, "Oh yeah, that's like a top twenty movie for me." When I was done, it ended in the two hundreds. Well, that's because you've been watching all the backdoor sluts. That's true. They're all jumping in front. I know. Well, except for sucks. number four. We all know number four. Really, you can't win them all. Johnson one. Yeah, the Ryan Johnson one. <laughs> Where Funny like, you oh, say you thought, that. You thought porn was actually like serious. All right, so uh, Brian, how about you start us off? You can do a couple here. Your last one you did was your number sixty-two movie of all time. 
which was the Santa Claus. And as people are listening, the link to all of our lists is in a Google Doc, which you'll find in the description of this episode of our podcast. You can go check that out. So, Brian, what is your number 61 movie of all time? And just for a point of reference, Cycles was Joker, starring Joaquin Phoenix, and mine was the Jordan Peele debut film, Get Out. So what is yours? Mine is Star... Guys, I've got a fun list tonight. I'm just going to say that. Uh, Mine is Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, Mostly because of what this was. This is a movie that I never thought would ever get made. Just another Star Wars movie in theaters. Um, Is it a great movie? No. It definitely gets pulled down because of the pile of shit Ryan Johnson did after it. And then the best job that it could have done in Rise of Skywalker. Um, It also, in my opinion has the best score only second to episode one. If you actually go back and watch this movie and listen to the score, it is phenomenal. Um, so yeah, 61 Star Wars, the force Awakens. Who scored this. Was it Williams again? It was Williams still. Yep. He's done every star Wars movie, uh, of the Skywalker saga. This is high. Uh, I'm not, nothing wrong with that. This is higher than I expected. I, I was wondering if, any of the sequel trilogies we're going to get on anyone's list. You you know how big of a Star Wars fan I am. I would, oh, of course. I'm not even going to pretend that I'm not. I am the biggest yeah, Star Wars fan on the you. pod. Yeah, I I have extensive, like, embarrassingly gone deep into the Star Wars canon. Um, and this is, it is a good movie. It definitely gets a bad rap because of what happened after it. I know a lot of people say, oh, it's it's a New Hope regenerated. Sure, it is. A New Hope was a fucking great movie, so that's not an insult. Um, again, yeah. I I enjoyed it. I liked it. It mainly because I never thought I was going to see another Star Wars movie in theaters ever again, and this was that first uh, movie. Back. Yeah, if we're talking like event films, I mean, it was cool generationally to go see this with our parents and us like that in and of itself, I think is worth an inclusion on a list. Yeah. Nice. All Uh, right. So what's your number 60, 60 John wick chapter two. Hell yeah. Guys, this is some of the best fight choreography I've ever seen in my life. Um, I love that stuntmen are finally getting a chance to direct, uh, because they just make fucking cool movies. They're, they're simple. There's nothing like too complicated about it. They're just a fucking blast. And that's that's this one just kept riding the ranks because I watched it. and I was like, God, I had a fucking blast watching that. What is this on? It's HBO, I think, right now. Is it? Uh, yeah, I think, I think all three are. I think all three of them are. This might be a weekend watch for me because the John Wick's movies. They're so, so much fun. Have we done commentaries on any of them? I think we did. I want to say we did one of them. Yeah, I think we, we need to do all these. We do. They're just—they're a fucking blast, guys. Parabellum, or not Parabellum? Uh, is it just called Chapter Four? What's it called? What's the new one called? I think it's just Chapter Four. We, uh, yeah, gentlemen, we we got to do another commentary with the fourth one coming out. I these are so much fun. <clears throat> I yeah I uh, again some of the best choreography I have ever seen in my life. Uh, we do get a little bit deeper into the assassin um, world in this than we do on the first one, which is a lot of fun, but it's not too much where you get bogged down in the details. There's a lot of fucking killing in this. Yeah. 
Creative fucking kill. Very creative. Like I said, some of the best fight choreography I've ever seen. Uh, and, and in these fights, the cameraman is like in there with them. Yeah, he's he's fighting them also. Yeah, I saw him break a guy's finger. It was pretty. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> kind of takes you out of the movie, but again, if you, if you got to kick some ass, you got to kick some ass. The, uh, to your point about the Continental, which is actually getting its own HBO Max series. Yep. John Wick, like it works on two levels because if you give a shit about the lore and the story, that's awesome. And it's there. Like, it's there, and it works. And if you don't, then who the fuck cares? It's Keanu Reeves killing all of New York. But that's fine, too. Yeah. Love it. All right. Uh, what's your number 59? 59. Cycly. Put your seatbelt on for this one. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Ah, Part 2. So good. Part 2. <laughs> yes. Um, this is a movie that just sums up a series so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, the CGI was great. This is, in my opinion, the best acting in all eight movies that we had. Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, yeah, like it's not—he's not even the same fucking person in this no, one as he was the this. other ones. I mean, he wasn't. He was sober in that one, which is a big <laughs> difference. Um, but uh, just fantastically sums up and wraps up a long-running story. Um, I think there's. I think there's one other movie that does it better, and that's it. And I'm not one of the best. That. Sorry. Go ahead. Boss Go ahead. Uh, one of the best openings. To, oh yeah. I mean, 100%. in any fantasy, just the uh, Hogwarts, just completely demoralized kind of military dictatorship school. The marching and the music, the score in that opening scene yeah. sets the tone. Powerful. Powerful. For a movie that doesn't stop. I mean, the fact that they... I remember when they announced that they divided these movies into two. They had to do that. Um, yeah, isn't the book like 700 pages or something like yeah. that? Yeah. But like... like that. I mean, it, you could have... And where they divided it was the perfect spot. Yeah. They ended ended the part one very dramatically right where you hit rock bottom. And then this one is all uphill from there. Yeah, and the um, movie doesn't stop. It's literally like if you other than the first, I think, 15 minutes, which is like dealing with Dobby's death and then getting to finding their way back to Hogwarts. It doesn't nonstop stop. after non-stop. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, I you guys know I'm sucker for series and shows and franchises and everything intermingling. And when it all just gets wrapped up in a nice little fucking bow like this, it it gets high praise from me because it, it's hard to do. Um, this is also one where I think if you take the second half of the last book as a book in itself, this is probably the one of the better adapted uh, uh, page to screen of of the series. With they what took they a, could do because they had unwritten some. Correct. Other, you know what I mean? Like, correct. Yeah, I think yeah. they were they were limited and they did a good job with what with what they yeah. had. Now, I know these were shot, like, Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2 were shot at the same time. What was the release uh, schedule? Six months. Uh, six or eight months, yeah. yeah. They were pretty that's, pretty close. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I remember I actually saw this with Cycling Theaters because it was like an event movie. I'm not the biggest part oh, yeah. of it, but I just thought visually this looked so fucking cool. Like, the dark aesthetic. 
it's like gritty, but also like the CGI was pretty mind blowing at the time. Like especially oh, yeah. the, the CGI was incredible, and, and just how they they did a lot of the fighting with the wands and casting yeah. the spells. Just even now, I mean, it holds up. Yeah, and does. Ray Ray finds having the fucking time of his life. Yeah, he he was iconic for that role. He was perfect for Voldemort. Yeah. That's pretty sick. All right, good one. And then man. good, great performance out of uh, the late Alan Rickman as well. Yes, big time. I really thought he was going to get an Oscar nom. I really did. I'm not saying that as a Potterhead. The, his performance. His performance is incredible. I mean, I, he's got some heavy lifting in that one too. Yeah. Uh, just for context, Cycles number fifty nine with this was a Christmas story from 1983. Okay. And mine was the original Black Panther. So uh, let's do our number 58. Mine was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Hell yeah. Cycle, are you prepared to do yours or do you want Banner to do his? And then we can no, I mean, I'm ready. But all right, what's your number 58 movie of all time? It's probably one of the best. Um, we were talking, uh, talking about Last of Us earlier, but this, in my opinion, is one of the greatest zombie movies ever. It's Shaun of the Dead. I love Shaun, I love of, the Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's I haven't such seen that a movie forever. It's such guy. I mean, like I have a couple of his movies in this list. I, I think I already did Hot Fuzz. A few of, above. Um, love that movie too. But my God, I, it, it's always been a fun debate for me. Is like which one's better, Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead? They're both absolutely fantastic, hilarious, brilliantly written. But Shaun of the Dead probably because it came before and the concept and the the. Of the movie, oh my god, it's just so fun. The fucking like, let's just have a pint at the Winchester and wait for this all blow over. And you and I just love like dry British humor too. Absolutely, like it is the driest of the dry British humor. Again, not for everybody, but man, this movie is what maybe almost twenty years old, right? Like it's it's Uh, been a long time. It's got to be right around there. It's got. It's. I think by far the best of the Cornetto trilogy. Although World's End has the best first act, and then it just completely. World's End has a really good first act, but it falls uh, apart. Yeah. It falls. Apart it does quick. fall apart. Yes. But Hot Fuzz, is, man. But yeah, this Hot movie. If if this one is twenty years old, I mean, God, it holds up to this day. Like the comedy hasn't aged. Oh, so the, good. The, everything about it, friend, the story of friendship, his mom, the family, like. This is just a classic. We're not just as a comedy, not just as a zombie movie. Like this is a great film. Yeah. Like yeah. The the fact that it's twenty years old blows my mind because it, it is feel like that. One. Why did it be more? It's one fifteen on my list, so it just missed the yeah. Cut. Great inclusion. Damn, I want to rewatch that too. It's the music too. The music is so. The second the movie starts, like yeah, it's what what is? Oh, I was gonna. <laughs> well, it's so I love the opening. Like everything is so like repetitive, and that's why I love. That's why he doesn't op- notice the zombies because every day yeah, he, is the he same. Buys Coca Cola every morning. Yeah, and... like nothing <laughs> is. God, yeah. It wasn't gonna. <laughs> Good. Uh, all right, Banner. What's your number fifty-eight of all time? Fifty-eight. Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. You were lying. This is a fun list. Man. I told you guys, like I, we're getting into Indiana some fun Jones. shit here. Yeah, Banner looked yeah. at it. He was like, "We just went from six to midnight." Yeah. Uh, this movie just made me want to be an archaeologist as a kid. I mean, it's a fucking blast. Uh, and now I you also, are not. I'm not an archaeologist. Yeah. 
But I still do love Indiana Jones, except for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That is a bottom five movie for me. So this was my number 65, and I rewatched it recently. It's on Paramount. I mean, like you said, that score, dude, like – yep. I remember being a kid. I remember being a kid and being like, "This is the." I know I'm only like ten years old. This is the happiest I'll ever be in my life. And when the first time I watched this again, like we said, these top 100s are tied to some pretty sentimental feelings for a lot of us. The first time I watched this, or right around there uh, at Disneyland, the Indiana Jones ride was brand fucking new. Like it was like a four hour wait, and I I fucking waited in it. Uh, I got to ride it one day cause I wore these boots that had like thick, like soles on it. And then I went back another, like the next week and I had different shoes on and I was too short and I was like fucking devastated. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, but that it is the, the ride at the time was state of the art. It was amazing. It holds yeah. up. It's still a lot of fun today. Um, but I, I coupled that, that memory with this movie and it's just like, I get chills. I get chills uh, talking about it. Love it. Yeah, I mean, this is one I we we'll have to figure it out at the end or like at least have a discussion before like the top 30. But like movies that might be on everyone's list. And this is a very strong contender, I think, for that. I'd agree. Um, All right, let's do our number 57s and then we'll close out. Mine was Step Brothers, which I opened with a quote from and I did last week. Uh, one of the best comedies of all time. And I did tell a great story, Cycle, how you and I almost walked out of the theater on a first watch just because it was not working for us. I can't believe as we've aged, the movie's gotten funnier. Usually yeah. it's like the reverse. Like, it has somehow come around. I- I'm surprised we even gave it a second shot because I remember being like, what the fuck is this yeah. the first time? But it works. Um, so, Cycle, what is your number 57 just ahead of Shaun of the Dead? Return of the Jedi. Wow. Wow. Okay. Back to Star Wars. And you know, the only reason to me, I think I've mentioned this before on our conversations on Star Wars and um, our commentaries on Star Wars. The thing that holds Return of the Jedi back for me is the first act. It's the first 30 minutes. You don't like the Tatooine stuff? I don't. Yeah. I really don't. A lot of sand. It's not. Here's the thing (laughs) I hate sand. It's coarse. It's rough. rough It's everywhere. Everywhere. Um, it's it's not that I hate that scene in terms of like what okay they went and got Han. It's how long it takes. It's literally yeah. a quarter of the movie. And what least. are we really setting up? I guess that Luke's like yeah. a badass now, but like, yeah, he's he's a Jedi now, right? Like, but we didn't need it to be thirty minutes. Um, in my damn, opinion. it's that I, long. I think. Oh so. yeah, it's a long. It's oh, fucking long. Shit. It's literally a quarter of the movie at least. Yeah. That's too much. Um, and that's the problem with the movie. And so I will say it's, it's the, I mean, of course we get the iconic second and third act. I have, is, a, it, is that the best third act in all of star Wars? It's, I don't know. I mean, rogue one is up there. Um, uh, rogue one is, yeah. Really rogue one. It was just cool though. Like the fighting happening on like three separate. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Se- yes. It's and they're iconic. all paced differently. Like Luke, the Luke's fight is the slowest. The, yeah. Endor is like the middle one, and then obviously the space battle is the most high octane. Yeah, and and for me, the funny thing, the reason why it actually, I think it is higher on the list than I probably expected it to be, because I don't like the beginning of the movie, is because one, as a kid, this was my favorite Star Wars movie. I wasn't, oh, as a course. kid, I wasn't mature enough to like 
really appreciate New Hope or really appreciate Empire, which is, I, I mean, no spoilers, Empire is my top Star Wars movie on this list. We're not even close to it yet. But my point is, as a kid, because of the action, because of that that, that last act, yeah. um, I loved Return of the Jedi. And before I had met either of you in seventh grade, my buddy had all, like, the most insane amount of Star Wars toys. Like, he had every Star Wars fucking toy of all time. To the fact that we actually reenacted the entire Return of the Jedi. Holy shit. He had, like, the guy it. driving the AT-ATs toy. Yeah, we filmed the entire movie Holy shit. with the toys. I mean, it, we thought we were doing something so artistic. Um, so, like, you played the audio, like, on a yes, CD behind. Yes, you can hear the movie in the background, and we're just doing fucking the toys. Awesome. Dude, yeah. where is this? Uh, I need to uh, see You it. guys know these guys I did it with. That's what's right, funny. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> yeah, and what's funny is by the end of the movie... At least the cycling yeah, cut. Yeah, the cycle. <laughs> the, the thing is, at the, at the third act, where it's, it's switching between Endor and the Death Star and space repeatedly, we end up acting the rest of the movie out ourselves. And oh, that's cool. But you love about this. This is so middle school. This is probably we. It was one of those sleepovers where we didn't go to bed. Yeah, we filmed yeah. this over a period of like 11 at night till eight in the morning. And you can see how like stupidly awesome. delirious we are. So like this movie has a special place in my heart, too. Yeah. See, that's what you'll love always it. remember. That's the whole love point it. of this list. Um, all right. Where are we at? Is that it? Doing? I think Banner's one. Oh, yeah, Banner, you got one more. You're number 57. 57. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Well, one ahead of me. Yeah. I mean, Too guys, it's, it's a classic. It's on everybody's must-watch Christmas time movie list. And if it's not, uh, you're not human. Uh, it's arguably the best vacation movie. Arguably. You could convince me one way or the other uh, on any given day. Um, yeah. I, we've talked about it at length. We don't need to talk about it anymore. So how you don't have to give me like a exact figure, but how many movies are on your like every Christmas you're going to watch them? Uh, I would say now that I have a child and don't have as much control over the remote as I'd <laughs> like to admit, um, there's probably five. Yeah. And this is this is one of them. This uh, Christmas with the Cranks, Santa Claus, um, and then I always watch Frosty. I love Frosty. Yeah, I think I have about five too. I have yeah. Muppet Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppet Christmas is a good one. Yeah. Yeah, and then I also have All I Want for Christmas, which I don't know if I've got to yet. But I'll get to it later. Which is like more of a niche one, but for me, it has so much sentimental value that that one has to be on mine. But yeah, National Lampoon's got to be in there, I think, and yeah. holds up. No one has Backdoor Sluts go to North Pole. I haven't gotten to that one yet. It's it's, no. it's technically a Christmas special. It's a special, yeah. It's not technically part of the series. But is it but... canon? Yeah, of course. Hey, definitely. Okay, that's for a whole another episode. We have <laughs> Jeff. You're, we're gonna start that. Oh, we need two more hours. I was gonna say, how's this guy gonna bring this up at the very end of the show? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> My God, it's like, hey, do you guys believe in God? The we'll close with that. Like, what? No, that's too heavy. <laughs> Little teaser for next time. All right. <laughs> Yeah, all right, so that gets us to, holy shit, is everyone at 57 movies? No, okay, we need Geiger to do a few. He's close. He's at 59. But if you check the link for our top 100 films, uh, most of us are to our number 57 movies, which means— I way underestimated how long it was going to take us to get through these. Underestimated? 
Yeah, like I thought. No, overestimate. Now I don't know. I thought it was. I thought we were going to be done by now. What? We've been doing this shit for a year. Yeah, I, I don't know. This, I thought this would take a while. Yeah. The it's best just, part is like it. It gets more and more interesting as you go. Like we're yeah. almost at the top fifty now, which is, it's not a fucking joke. Things shit good. gets. I'm not laughing. Real. No, cycling's not. He's smirking, but he's not laughing. All right, guys. As we leave the people for episode 199, I guess two things lingering. Holy shit, we've done this 199 times. What do we do for episode 200? We, we need to make sure it's underwhelming and disappointing because that would be in line with us. And then also, right, just a normal show. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> any closing thoughts for the fans at home? Cycling, we'll go to you first. Usually, I tell you to you know get out of the fast lane. It's passing lane. Uh, but you know what, guys, stick to the backdoor sluts. Uh, anthology it's really it's worth it at the end mm-hmm. i promise yeah it's a series that gets better then it gets worse then it gets better again you know yeah and you don't have to start at the first one that's why i said it's an anthology you can bounce around yeah there's a lot of different opinions on what order to watch them in <laughs> uh banner how about you guys i know it's been a while so you guys probably forgot but pull over for emergency vehicles please this is this is becoming an epidemic okay just pull Wait, the you fuck saw, over you saw something again yeah, and it was around the Christmas time. It was, oh I know, disgusting. So just make sure we're pulling over. You don't know whose house might be on fire. Maybe it's yours or like your friends or maybe your neighbors, which is even worse because then you're terrified it's going to jump to your house. So wait, but how would that be worse than just yeah. being your house? <laughs> yeah, that's what I. The anxiety gets. Yeah, you. no, you're yes. right. Okay, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. God, I There's, wish this was like if like if your house catches. I wish it was fire, just my house. <laughs> Yeah, like if your house catches a fire, like, well, shit, there's nothing I can do. Like, you at least can act on it, try and put it out, or you know, call the insurance. But if it's not your house, you're just waiting and watching it. But if it ever, if my house ever catches on fire, I'm gonna be like, well, at least it wasn't my neighbor's house because then I'd be screwed. Then we'd be here freaked out that it was gonna be our house next. You're like, no, but it's currently our house. See, my point exactly. No, that pull actually... over, pull over <laughs> for those emergency vehicles. You don't know where they're going or who they're trying to help. It could be somebody that you know. Plus, just think about the karma aspect of it, right? Like, you try and outrun an ambulance. The next time you need one, like, some shit's going to happen. It's not going to make it there. They probably ran out of gas. Sure. All right, what I'll leave people with is when you go get your hair cut, let's make some smart decisions, guys. Not the time to try a trick play or anything fucking wild. Do what works. You're not in a K-pop band. We don't need blue hair. We don't need some weird... Thing that looks like a snow cone on your head let's just be smart play it safe all right even if you're not an adult make good decisions in the haircut chair and respect lines not related but maybe depending how popular your supercuts is all right for our legal counsel ronnie cycli and the mad scientist brian banner i'm the mayor jeff hornacek we are the bro four squad podcast we're on twitter at bro four squad same thing on instagram if you type in bro force squad as three separate words you can basically find us all over the internet letterbox apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music youtube and then banner what's our website www.broforcesquad.com yeah, on the interwebs check us out there everything's linked our squad blog our top 100 movies of all time list and uh, all the places you can find us Till next time, we'll see you at the movies. Uh, I'm going to see Missing this weekend. Maybe I'll see you there. I might be missing.